This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. I want to jump right into the word today, but uh, I, I kind of want to, I want to pray for the, the, the word that uh, God is about to speak to us today, and, um, and I pray that it will come to you as it came to me, uh, the same way the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I wish and I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to you as well this morning. Uh, this is going to be a good day. It's going to be a, a day that the Holy Spirit uh, works through some people. Uh, and more than anything else, my desire this morning is that we will be doers of the word. Not only listen to the word, but we will take this word and we will allow this word to come as a blessing to our lives. And we will do the things that we learn uh, today. Uh, close your eyes with me. I just want to pray real quick before we approach the word of God. Father... Uh, thank you for this word that you were about to speak to us. Lord, use me as a vessel. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that uh, people that are listening to me will look over all the imperfections of my speech and uh, the incapabilities, and they will be able to focus in, distraction-free, on the word of God that is unadulterated, that is unbiased, that cuts through the spirit and the soul, and today I pray that that word will be the, what the word of God calls the double-edged sword that pierces into us and changes us, Lord. I thank you for what you're about to do. I, I give you praise. I give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. I want to I quickly get into this word. Um, I want to title my message today, Come to Me. Come to Me. Uh, you can access the notes on, uh, on the Bible app. Uh, you should be uh, able to see the QR code that comes up here in just a few seconds. And if you scan that QR code, it will direct you to the Bible app. If you have it already, if you don't have it, they'll prompt you to download it. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, the notes are going to be on screen. But I want to encourage you with something. I read something this last week that I was so encouraged by. How many of you all have the Bible app here? Anybody have the Bible app? A majority of you guys. If you don't have it, download it. It's a great resource for you to get plugged into the Word and be most systematic about reading the Word of God. Amen? Uh, so I, I, was, I, was actually, um, I was actually reading this the other day about how we learn as individuals. Um, oftentimes, uh, hearers, uh, when you hear information, uh, there's only a 5% chance that you retain that information. That percentage increases to 10% when you actually write down that which you hear. Right? When you write down that which you hear, you retain 10%. There's a chance of you retaining 10% of that information. That number drastically jumps up to 20% when you actually not just hear, you write, and then you repeat it. Right? You repeat that information. And uh, it might be at home. It might be when you go back, you read through your notes, you repeat it to yourself. That number actually jumps up to 50%. When you not just repeat it, you, you listen, you write, you repeat, and the next step is actually you, uh, you discuss it. 
when you discuss the information that you have heard, that you have written, and when you have reread to yourself or repeated to yourself, and when you discuss it with others, it can be in a call with somebody. Uh, it could be when you uh, meet somebody during this week. It could be a coworker. When you discuss it, the chances of you remembering that information jumps up by fit. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and that's why we say that note takers are world changers. Okay, so uh, if you're taking notes, take notes. Uh, the Bible app has the notes. The notes are going to be on the screen as well. Awkward water break. <clears throat> There's something that happens when you worship and you, don't, you, you forget that you have to speak immediately after. You, you spend all your energy and your throat just runs dry. But man, um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'll still sing, amen. Uh, but, but I pray that you will take notes this morning. Uh, Joseph Force Carter. Uh, I don't know if this name is familiar to anybody, uh, but Joseph Force Carter was a 41-year-old New York Supreme Court justice who got into a cab in Midtown one evening in 1930, and he basically disappeared. He earned the title of the missingest man in New York. This legendary disappearance triggered one of the most sensational manhunts of the 20th century. One that had city detectives fielding more than 16,000 tips from around the country and from the world. All of them were unsubstantiated, by the way, because he never was found. The only clue that this man left behind was a check and a note for his wife. And the note read, I am very weary. I am very weary. My question to us this morning is how many of us find ourselves in situations where you feel that you are weary? This is an important question. In Matthew 11, we are in the gospel according to Matthew. If you have been a part of our church family for a while, you know that for the last, uh, not, not last, but we are in the 33rd installment uh, in our study in the book of Matthew, and we're still in chapter number 11. Okay, we have uh, many more to go. We have at least 20 more to go. And, uh, but, but we're making good progress, okay? Uh, this, is, this is installment number 33, and I'm titling it, Come to Me. And Matthew chapter 11, we're, we're studying the last few verses here, the last three verses. In chapter number 11, verse 28, the Bible says this. I'm reading from the ESV, and if you don't know, as a church, we follow the English Standard Version, unless otherwise I mention and I refer to another, another version, which I will today. Uh, just understand that it's from the English Standard Version. The Bible says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, verse 29, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm going to read that verse 30 again. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. From the NIV, I want to read verse 28 again. Come to me. Someone say, come to me. It says, come to me all who are weary and burdened. Weary and burdened and I will give you rest. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The word weary and the word labor are the same kind of word. It's, the, uh, it's very similar in its idea that comes from the original Greek translation. The word labor is this idea that you work so hard 
that you were exhausted. Some of you finished your 12-hour shifts or your 14 or your 15-hour shifts, shifts at work, and you come back and you were beat. For some of you, it might be the 8-hour shift or the 9-hour shift, and depending upon what kind of work you do, exhaustion is a real thing. Weary is that exhaustion that comes from the labor, right? So uh, it's, it's one and the same thing if you study the different um, <clears throat> the definitions of this verse, or this word, these words, it comes from the same ideology, the same idea. And this invitation that Jesus is reaching out to us and giving us is this somewhat uncommon invitation. Why do I say uncommon? Because let me tell you what a common invitation is. A common invitation is where I say, man, if you're good, come and visit me. I'll give you an example. The other day we had a dinner appointment with a few of our friends and all of us at home fell sick and we had a stomach bug that was get getting viral and one person was passing it on to the other person and we were on the last stretch of it and uh, we, we literally looked at our guests and said, we were looking forward to this appointment. We were looking forward to this dinner, but unfortunately, I think we have to cancel because we don't want to give you anything. Yeah. It would be pretty weird if we looked at them and said, man, we're coughing all over the place. We are spitting up. Our kids are throwing up. But we want you to come over because you have kids and we want them to get sick too. It's common that you look at somebody and say, hey, we don't want to give you what we have. The uncommon is where this invitation of Jesus that says, hey, if you're exhausted, if you're tired, if you are sick, if you are bitter, if you are lonely, if you're angry, if you're struggling, if you're socially inept, if you have no people skills, if you can't figure it out, come here. This is what Jesus is saying. All you who don't have it together, you have a seat at my table. All you that, that have it, you, you don't have it figured out. I invite you to the seat at my table. What an invitation. You know, when faith is hard to come by and burdens are heavy, Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I kind of want to extrapolate this idea that Jesus is trying to convey to us. And can I make a very bold uh, confession? For the very long time, as long as I've been a Christian, I can tell you honestly that this passage has been a very difficult one for me to understand. And today I want to do the best in my ability to kind of break this down for Christians and non-Christians and believers and new believers alike for us to understand what Jesus is trying to communicate over here. So for the next 25 minutes, I want to share something that Sonia and I have been going through personally. I want to then share with you the power of this uncommon invitation that says, come. And then I want to end it with what it means to take Jesus's yoke. <clears throat> I don't think Sonia and I have ever felt wearier than we have in the past six months. And, and I don't need to go into all the boring details, but there hasn't been a crisis or anything. You don't have to worry about that. It's not to a point where we're throwing in the towel and walking away. That's, it's none of that. But Sonia probably has been weary with her work and the demands of the work, her job. And, you know, I see her face and I see her demeanor and I see how stressed she is with work and the demands of work. And, and I've been trying to juggle the demands of adulting, uh, as it were. And, and, and I know that's normal. Normal, but sometimes we feel like we're spread thin. 
And you know the kind of thin where you, you scraped thin like butter on uh, that, that's over too much of bread? Like, you know, the fat piece of bread and you have like very little butter? My daughter looked at me yesterday and said, Dad, can I have more butter? And I gave her more butter. And she's like, no, Dad, more butter. And I was like, how much butter are you going to? I love butter, Dad. So, so she's like basically saying, I don't want a thin layer of butter. I don't want you to spread me thin. I want you to give me a fat old layer of butter. And sometimes I find myself unable to juggle all the balls that I have and keep all the plates spinning. But here's the problem. My sinful tendency is trying to bear all these burdens by myself. And I use those words particularly because it is a sinful tendency to say, I got this. It's against the word of God for the Christian to stand up and say, I'll deal with it. I got this. I know I'll come out of this slump. I know that I'm, I'm better than this. I know that this is a phase. But the Christian is committing sin when you do not allow God into your weakness, into your darkness, into your incapability. The stiff upper lip or keeping calm and carrying on. That sort of thing. I'm trying to buckle down and I'm just trying to get it all done. I'm trying to suck it up and push through the tiredness. I'm sinfully self-sufficient thinking that I can make it on my own instead of seeking to find rest in Jesus, I try to find rest in myself. And I know that it's probably not just me. We try to deal with issues that we're feeling the best way we know. What are your usual stress busters? It's uh, Netflix binge watching for some of us. Now we have the demonic force called Reels. Uh, and that's something that will keep us in, uh, you know, bound from one to the other. And before you know, two hours has passed by. And, and that for us, I just want to sit on the couch and chill and relax. Is some of us, uh, some of us find relief in that or, or the power to kind of, kind of just counteract everything you're going through. And there's something called calling someone and complaining that some of us resort to. Can I preach? Have I offended anybody as yet? But in all of that, God is asking us, man, what are the things that you need to work on in this season? Because if I bind myself to this, this idea and this understanding that, hey, I got this. I don't need any help. I don't, I don't need God to help me through this. This is just a season. This is just a time. And when this is done, I will get over it. You're putting yourself in a position where you don't want God to do something amazing in your life. And let me tell you something. When you allow God in, God can do things that your mind has never imagined. For some of us, it's pumping yourself up with positive self-talk. There's finding something comforting in the fridge for other people or in the pantry for other people. And of course, there's always pity parties. And of course, this doesn't work particularly well, but it might feel good for a moment, but it's like a drug. It gives you that pleasure. It makes you feel like that tub of ice cream that you just had in one sitting has made every pain just go away. But guess what? You wake up in the morning again tomorrow and you're like, ah, I got to deal with this all over again. And you feel gross and you feel miserable. 
And in this passage, Jesus makes an appeal to his audience, inviting them to believe his message, to follow his path. And this is confusing because of two things. Can I talk to you about two things real quick? This is his message that Jesus is trying to communicate is super confusing. A, because he has just told his disciples to embrace hardship. He has just told them the Christian way the narrow and the wide. We, we talked about all of this over these last few chapters. He has just talked about warning them about the persecution and even death. And all this talk about easy yokes and light burdens does not seem to jive well with Jesus' rather intense calls to discipleship, which involves metaphors like taking up one's cross to follow Jesus or, or, or to lose one's own life for Jesus' sake or to, to, to abandon your father and your mother and give up your relationships to follow Jesus. Lord, where does all of this kind of jive? Or B, not just as he told his disciples to embrace hardship, he's also addressed a doubting John, the baptizer, and his disciples. When his disciples came knocking on Jesus' door saying, our rabbi, John, is wondering if you're the real deal or not. And Jesus has just responded to them and has said, go tell them everything you see. Go tell him everything you see. Now let me just set the picture of the time and age. The people at that point in time were being persecuted by the government, by Herod, by Caesar. They were being taxed on. They were being, they were stripped of their freedom. That's one. They were persecuted by the government. They were persecuted by their religion. They had priests and they had people breathing down their necks. The Pharisees telling them how to do church and, and religiosity taking over them to the point where they were being choked out. People were carrying this heavy burden, just waiting for the promised Messiah to come. The one that was going to set them free. The one that was going to deliver them from the pangs of injustice that they were walking through. And by contrast, Jesus encourages people to trade that yoke for his. He's saying, man, all these yokes that you're carrying, these expectations that you're carrying. And for some of us, it could be different expectations. It could be the expectations of your job. Or it could be the expectations of your career or your family or your children or your wife or your husband. They have these expectations of you and the, the expectations of, of who you're supposed to be. And it sometimes weighs down on us to the point where you're like, God, this, this burden is too heavy to carry. And I just want to spend a few moments teaching here before I finish off this message because Jesus is about to use two rabbinic teaching methodologies while he's trying to teach them this concept. The first one is what he uses is this word called remez, which is the Hebrew word for hint, which is a, which is a word where he basically says, hey, I'm going to show you from the scriptures or I'm going to show you through cultural relevancy things that you can compare what I'm saying about. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw it out here. The practice of mentioning a keyword or a phrase that would hint at a passage from Hebrew scripture with the assumption that the audience would know its broader meaning and context and then import that context into the current teaching moment. And Jesus is using remez over here. What is he using remez over? The words that he's using is coming from Isaiah 55, verses 1 to 3, where it says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. 
Who, sorry, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? He said, listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Now, God is actually talking through the prophet and telling the people after the Babylonian exile, they were struggling to get back to their feet. And God looks at them and says, come to me. Stop depending on your own abilities. Stop depending upon your own power. Stop depending upon your own capabilities. Why don't you trust in me? He's referring back to Isaiah and he's saying, look back at what God has promised you. And he's just repeating to them exactly in the form of this particular rabbit, rabbit, rabbinic teaching that, that, is the, that is the teaching of Ramez where he's reminding to, reminding to them the promise of God in Isaiah that says, come. When Jesus says, come, he's drawing this parallel. In Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 to 14, the Bible says, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. Verse 14, and he said, my presence will go with you, and I I will give you rest. He's referring back to the, the, the prophecy, what God spoke through Moses, and he's repeating that. And Jesus is drawing that parallel and saying, I will give you rest. I've always been in the business of giving rest. I've given rest to you yesterday, and I will continue giving you rest. So this rabbinic teaching methodology that the first part uses Ramez and the second part in verse 29, he's going to use cultural imagery. Are you ready for this? The cultural imagery is where he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you. Like God, I thought you were taking burdens away. You're adding more stuff to me? Like, how does this all work out? I don't know about you, but as a Christian, I was confused about this verse forever. I says, how? Like, like I, I thought that God breaks every yoke. I thought the Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke. I thought you take away burdens, and now I have to add another yoke to everything I have already? Like, what yoke is this? I want to remind somebody this morning, when faith is hard, when you have a hard time trusting and believing and burdens are heavy, Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is like, this is the message that he's trying to send over here. And he's using imagery. This image of oxen that is going to get a yoke, that's going to get yoked together for the purpose of carrying weight. I want, you, I want to use an image here to share exactly what I'm talking about. In a, in a, in a shared yoke, there, there, there are these two oxen that will be put together. And there is this, 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 this wooden beam called a yoke that will be attached to them through, 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 this, this, uh, through this ring that, that binds them in that they can't get loose out of unless the farmer takes it off. Now, here's what I wanted. I don't want to talk about the yoke. I want to talk about the relevance of this, and this is powerful. You will not understand what Jesus is trying to talk about if you don't understand this picture. 
And I don't know if you understand, and both these pictures have one thing in common. Okay? There is a stronger ox, and there is a weaker ox. I want you to think about, there is an older, veteran, seasoned ox, and there is a young, uh, not even in his prime years. He has not walked the same field. He does not know the holes, and he doesn't know what to avoid, and he doesn't know the drill. And so the farmer, to train this young oxen, will tie him up to this oxen that is a veteran that has done his time, that knows the paddy fields, that knows exactly what goes down and what goes up. So the strong ox can carry the load and the weak ox can learn to follow. Am I talking to somebody? You will never understand when, what Jesus means by saying, take my yoke unless and, unless, unless and until you understand this New Testament and Old Testament imagery that Jesus is trying to communicate. The only thing that we know or trained our mind to understand is that oxen have a yoke. They both stand, stand in hand. And, and no, 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 that's not what Jesus is trying to communicate. Jesus is basically saying, y'all, I am the veteran ox. Like, like you were born yesterday. Come on, somebody. Like you are a new Christian. You are new. You were not supposed to or designed to carry the burden all by yourself. Anybody helped people move? Carried some heavy furniture? Yeah? Have you been there? Yeah, yeah. We've all been there. We all know that one person in the group that doesn't pull his weight or her weight. Come on, am I talking to somebody? Come on, everybody, let's, let's pick this up, all right? And four people are picking it up, and then one side is like sagging all the way down. Or we're going up the stairs, <laughs> and not everybody's pulling their weight, or, or you had a group. I hated group assignments in school. Anybody else hated group homework and group assignments? I hated it. Because there was always that one person that said, I'm going to let you do the work. I'm going to show up because I'm the thing. <laughs> I'm going to take your grade. I'm going to take all the credit. And tell me why their name was always the first one on the list. Come on. But Jesus doesn't mind that. Jesus says, you can't, that's not how you were designed. I understand that. I didn't create you to pull your weight. I didn't create you to be, this was not a 50-50 arrangement. He's doing it all by himself. He just says, come to me, all who are weary, and let me show you how it's done. He's saying, stop carrying it by yourself and allow me to, 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 to bring you into my yoke. Come onto my side so that I can show you what I can do in your life. If does, this doesn't make you happy, if this doesn't change your perspective about your burdens that you're facing today, I don't know what will. But you know who understands this? Paul understands this. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27, the Bible says this, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of the mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature to Christ. Verse 21, 29, listen up. For this I toil, someone say toil, struggling with all his energy. Come on, someone say his energy. <laughs> that he powerfully works 
within me. I got to remind myself, Usher, stop thinking so highly of yourself. You're not all of that in a bag of chips. Come on, somebody. You might have more degrees than a thermometer. You might glorify yourself so high. You might think that you are so well-educated and you have a position that you can never be dethroned from. But let me break it to you this morning. All it takes is a second. But like Paul is saying, it's not by my own power. It's not by my own strength. All glory be to God because I may struggle. I may go through pain. I may go through struggle. I may go through persecution. I may be thrown in jail. I might lose my job. My children may not listen to me. They might rebel. I might have persecution here, left, right, and center. But for this, I toil, struggling with his energy. He says, this is not my energy. When I trust in Jesus, I do it through him. Stop using your own energy. He says, his energy, that he powerfully works within me. Oof. The yoke is easy for you when you have Jesus' supernatural resurrecting power in you. The yoke becomes super easy when you understand that he doesn't expect you to walk around with that yoke. When you said yes to Jesus, he filled you with his Holy Spirit. How do you have that strength? Through the the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, Like he just doesn't comfort you. He put the comforter in you. That's what he's reminding us. Go back to that verse. That's what he's reminding us in that verse. In you, right? The the, the energy and he powerfully works within me. How does he work within me? Through the Holy Spirit that works within me. He just doesn't give me power. Come on, am I talking to somebody? He puts the power inside of you. He just doesn't give you help. He put the helper inside of you. He just doesn't give you wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is on you. He just doesn't give you guidance. He is the guide inside of you. He just doesn't help you. He is your helper and the helper is in you. He gives you his Holy Spirit. John 14 says that he gives you his Holy Spirit to comfort you. He gives his Holy Spirit in Philippians 4 to strengthen you. He gives you his Spirit in James 1 and James 4 to to give you wisdom. And in, in Romans 8 and 1 Corinthians 10, he gives you victory over temptation through the Holy Spirit. He helps you with doubts and questions as Job and Habakkuk talks to us. And in Acts chapter 1 and 2, he gives us the Holy Spirit to be witnesses and make disciples of all nations. Don't fight the, faith of the, don't fight the fight of faith alone. He is on you. He cares for you. He puts this comfort inside of you. Somebody needs to hear this message this morning. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Someone say, learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Learn from me? Okay, Lord, I take my yoke upon you. What do you want me to learn from you? In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 to 19, the Bible says this, The Lord your God will raise you up for a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. I will raise up from them a prophet like you from among their brothers and, 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 and I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. 
God was telling the people of Israel, man, another Moses who's going to lead the second exodus is coming, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus is claiming just that in Matthew chapter 11. He's saying, you remember what God told you? Do you remember what God told Moses back in the day that you will listen to somebody? Learn from me. I am that prophet. I am that person. I am the promised Messiah. It's John Mark Comer that says beautifully in his book, he says, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And what does that mean? It means that he is gentle and lowly in heart. Worship team, you guys can get ready to come up. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. What does that mean? It's simple. Can I put this as simple as simple can be? It's simple. He's saying, man, I'm gentle. Just because I put my, my yoke upon you, I'm not going to put all the weight on you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to train you to walk through this. He's not going to take you out of the circumstance. He doesn't say, man, I'm going to just put you in the side and I'm going to take this yoke myself. He says, you still have to wear the yoke, but it's not as heavy as you think it is when you're bearing it by yourself. Gentle and humble means that he's not gonna, he's not gonna stand over there and lord over you the way you think he will. He lord over you in a gentle way. He lord over you in a, in a, in a comforting way, in a pushing way where he encourages you. He's not sitting there judging you. He's not sitting on his high horse looking at you and telling you what you're doing wrong. He's standing alongside you, pulling alongside you. He's pulling the weight with you. He's saying, no, I'm not going to sit here, tell you what you're doing right or wrong. That's not the Jesus we serve. The humble Jesus is the Jesus that took his own cross and went to the cross and died. He laid down his own life and he says, I understand what you're going through because I was there too. I don't serve a God who has not gone through the same things that I'm going through. He's gone through worse. The humble lamb that was slain for my sins. He says, for I'm gentle and I'm lonely. He's not hostile. He's not looking down on your misery and your burdens and laughing at you and scorning at you. He's a God that smiles down on you and says, man, verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what chapter 30, verse 30 ends with. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In 1 John 5 and verse 3, the Bible says this, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Like, can I tell you, church, when we look at the commandments of God and what God requires of us as Christians as a chore, it affects your relationship with God. But if I enjoy the presence of God day in and day out, if I enjoy being in the presence of God and, and, and standing shoulder to shoulder with him, knowing that he is bearing all the burdens and I'm just here for the journey and I'm just here to learn from him and I'm just the, I'm not the veteran bull. I'm not the veteran oxen. I am just the, the newcomer and one day I will become more like Christ. But till that day, I'm going to allow Christ to stand alongside with me and pull me and bear the weight and I just want to join his yoke. Take my yoke. He says, willingly come into my yoke. Stop fighting it. Stop resisting it. Stop saying that you want to do it yourself. Stop saying that you want to carry the weight yourself. Let's go beyond that. Jesus' burden is light. Can you stand up to your feet, church? You know, it turns out that God never intended for me to bear my burdens of my life on my own. I had to remind myself time and time again that 
I can't be the chief burden bearer of my family or even myself for that matter. Some fathers need to hear this. Some dads need to hear this. Some husbands need to hear this. Yeah, you're the head of the home, but you have not been called to just bear everything and stand and not talk about what you're going through and not approach the Lord with what you're going through. Some of us men need to understand that we're not built to be macho men. That's the thing of the world, y'all. That's not the way, that's, that's counterintuitive to what God has created us to be as men of valor. And what, what that means is being under His Lord, Lordship. It's being under His leadership. to remind myself that if I try to carry all the weights and the cares and the burdens I'll end up being crushed God didn't create me to be to live independently like man understand that he the Bible says he created woman as a helper which meant which means that we and, and I'm talking to men and women in whatever way we were not meant to do this by ourselves God created us to be in community God created the Christian to have a pastor to have accountability, to be in a life group, to talk to somebody and say, I don't have it together. I need prayers. God created you to surrender and submit. God created you to step out of your comfort zone. When Sonia was saying today, lift up your hands, God created us to be beings of surrender, of saying, I don't have it all together. And some of us have been trying so hard and you've just been pushing through and God's like, man, stop. Stop trying to do it on your own. Who cares what the world thinks? Who cares what corporate America thinks? Who cares what, what the books and the motivation speakers? I don't care about all of that. The hellish idea that I could do such a thing is a lie straight from the pits of Satan. It's his ploy to wear me out and steal the joy of my salvation. And men and women need to stand up today and, I say, and, and tell the devil, I refuse to be under that yoke. That's a different kind of yoke. That's the yoke of, of physical demands, of success, the yoke of, of, of desire, the yoke of, you know, the, what the world wants you to get, to keep up with the Joneses. That yoke is a yoke that will crush you. Jesus' solution is, is simple. He says, come to me all who are weary now this doesn't this this is not for people that are not weary so if you're not weary go ahead and sit down might as well you know go about having lunch already because this message was not for you this message was for me i'm weary i'm tired i am tired he says take my yoke upon you and what that means today is taking the yoke off your own shoulders willingly laying it down at the altar laying it down at the feet of Jesus and saying I can't do this on my own let me take up your yoke Lord it's easier this journey this life is going to be so much more easier if I take off my yoke and step into your yoke because bring up that picture again bring up that picture again as long as I can understand that and I know that I'm this dude right here stout a little bit chunky yeah, I have horns. But yeah, I was created to be in the image of my maker. But I'm never going to be him. Come on, am I, 
And I shouldn't put that pressure on myself, but I can go to sleep tonight, Jensen, knowing that the one that created the heavens and the earth has called me by my name and I bear his image and his likeness. But the one thing that separates divinity from humanity is that he is God and I'm not and I got to stop being him. I just got to quit being him. Just come to Jesus, that's it. Do you notice Jesus doesn't offer practical solutions that will enable me to better juggle my different commitments? He's not saying, I'll give you three tips on how to become better or being more efficient. None of that. He doesn't want me to strive to have a better work-life balance. He doesn't prescribe seven habits that will make me highly productive. That's not what he's saying. He's not the motivational speaker that goes up to you and says, seize your day. No, no, no. In fact, just the opposite. Can I, can I change that narrative? If you try to seize your day, the day will eventually break you. Can I ask you to do one thing? Seize the hem of his garment. That's all you got to Seize the hem of his garment and don't let go unless he blesses you. That one thing will reshape your day. Don't seize your day. Forget that. Don't listen to Gary Vee. He don't know what he's talking about. Stop seizing your day. Seize the hem of his garment. My God got you. Trust in me with all your heart, with all your understanding. Don't depend on your own ability is what God is trying to remind us. What about you? Like, will you come to the one that's humble, that's, that's not going to judge you? Will you lay your, your head on his heart, on his chest? Will you allow him to give you the, the, the rest of your soul? Jesus is screaming, come to me. Jesus is screaming, are you a train wreck? Come to me. Are you stuck in lust? Come to me. Are you stuck in anger? Come to me. Are you stuck in fear? Come to me. Get over here as soon as you can because my yoke is easy. And the burden is light. That's all I have. For the rest of the time, I'm going to pray. I'm going to close. I'm going to dismiss you. But I closed early today because I want to just open the time for prayer. If you want personal prayer, I'll pray with you. But I just wanted to open it up for people to just say, Lord, would you take my yoke? I gave you five categories of people that retain information. I skipped out the last category. That's the 75% category. The 75% category are are people that will follow all the steps that I mentioned. And the last step is that not only will they discuss with others, but they will go and do what they heard, what they wrote, what they discussed. They'll go and practice that day after day. So why don't we start tonight? Why don't we start today? Why don't we start this morning? And I know that this might not be usual for some of us. This is not something that's in our comfort zones, coming up in front of people or bowing down or going on your knees. And there's one thing that I really cherish about the church that I grew up in is we had a place to just unashamedly come into the presence of Jesus. And if it's crying, it's crying. And it's kneeling down, it's kneeling down. If it's hands up in the air, it's hands up in the air. But just completely surrendering yourself to Jesus. And some of us need to make that decision today. Just take off that yoke.
lay it at the feet of Jesus. And while you're doing that, look at the Lord and say, God, can I slip into your yoke? I'm that little cow, Lord. I'm that little cow, Lord, but can I slip it out? Can I, that, that oxen, can I slip into your yoke? Because your invitation is pretty darn good. And I, and I really want to seize that invitation. I want to take that invitation by its horns. And I really want to get into that, that, that mindset, into that lifestyle. So church, I want to pray over you. Father, Lord, I pray for each and every person that is in this room. Every person that has a need, every person that's watching me online. If you're watching me online, guys, and if you just need to kneel down where you are in your, in your bedrooms or in your living room or at your workplace right now, wherever you're watching from, go ahead and do it. For those of y'all who are in this building right now, if you want to kneel down where you are, you can. If you want to step out, if you want to come down here when the worship team is leading us in a moment of worship, you're welcome to do that. Whatever you're comfortable with doing. Get out of your comfort zone. Do something radical. Do something different. Let the Lord know that today you want to lay it down at His feet. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you. And like we do every Sunday, I'm going to give you the benediction. And if you need to leave, you can leave. But I encourage you, if you want to stay, you can stay. The worship team is going to lead us in a moment of worship. Stay back. Worship for as long as you can. Because I believe in the presence of God. There is freedom. There is breakthrough. There is deliverance. If you need personal prayers, you're welcome to come. And I would love to pray for you. Father, I pray for each and every person in this room. Every person that needs a touch from the Lord, I pray, God, that you will touch that you will change, that you will transform, that you will do a powerful work in their life. Every pain, every sorrow, every shortcoming, everything that people are dealing with today, I give it into your hands, Lord. Would you take complete control of their lives? Would you do something that is special? Would you do something that is extraordinary? I pray that people that think that they can't do this by themselves, give them the ability, give them the strength, give them the power, give them the, 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 the unction in their hearts to be able to go through the season, God, and take all the responsibility off their shoulder, take the burden off their shoulder, and let them trust in you with all their heart, with all their might, and with all their strength. Help them to trust you. I pray, Lord, that we will lean into your word that says, lean not on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your ways and he will honor you. So today, Father, I just give each and every person in this room into your hands and I pray that your anointing, that your power, your, your, your grace and your presence will be upon them. And like Paul says, Lord, I pray God that we will use your energy today, your energy, because you are in us. So if you are in us, we don't use our own strength, not by our own strength, it's your energy. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. And I pray for each and every person in this room. And I thank you, Lord, because your, your yoke is easy. So we're stepping into your yoke today. Come to me. We want to come to you today, Lord. Because your arms are open. And Father, I pray, God, that you will break every spirit of, of fear every spirit of uncertainty, every spirit of inhibition that's going to hold people back from surrendering today, I bind and rebuke that in Jesus' name. And I pray for freedom all over this place. 
We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Our glory and honor be unto you. Church, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance your direction. May he give you peace that passeth all understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.